This is Chris David, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. I am J-Mac, your host, back from the jungle gap yard, teaching English as a foreign language to the locals and really finding myself and all my parents' cash. It's happy bank holiday for me and my co-hosts and happy back to work day for you. Hope this focus pod is helping your four-day working week go as gently as possible. But thank you to Chris David for opening the show. Chris signed from FC20 as a teenager and went on to become one of the club's youngest Premier League goal scorers, scoring a superb goal. In off the bar at the hammy end with seconds of our Premier League status left to play. After 13 unforgettable years, it was a fitting way to sign off the club's greatest era in style, going out with a bang, and we thank him for making that happen. Let's hope we can do the same this weekend against Newcastle. Chris David, we salute you. Right, time to teach some English to this lot. Matt Dom and Don Lover with me. Dom and Donna, let's care. Fulham. All right, guys, so we lost, but not in the fashion we are used to against a team who are going for seventh place at the moment and have beaten most of the top six on their day. And I'd say we didn't look too shabby, Mr. Donlove. Uh, how are you, Mr. Don? And what's your opening thoughts on this result? You know, I'm good. Uh, <clears throat> apologize for my voice having a little bit of squeaks here and there. Uh, I thought we actually we were pretty good. And at the same time, a little bit unlucky. Several shots going wide we can talk about that later you know people not being consistent right now with their shots but overall I thought we looked pretty good I know we're going to talk about formation uh and I I I look forward to hearing what you guys think but overall I don't think we played that bad you know for what we've got right now and the way we were playing throughout this whole season I'm pretty damn happy right now with the team even though we're going down yeah I I, the feeling is very mutual on my side uh Mr. Dom Don mentions formation there. We were having a bit of a, a bit of a meltdown on the WhatsApp group chat, just saying like, what is going on? What is this formation being played at the moment? And it seemed like, well, tell me what you think it was like, and we'll we'll talk about it from there. Yeah, give that to me if you figured it out yet. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I, I don't entirely agree with what Don just said. I thought, I thought we looked a bit flat, and I thought we gave up far too many chances. I, I know they're, they're a decent team. But they they do struggle against the the weaker sides in this league, and and they're not exactly prolific. So I'd, I'd have liked to see a bit more, a bit more of an attacking outlook from us. Um, the formation, I think, with Adoy out, I'd have preferred to have seen four at the back. Um, but it seemed to be mm. Christie as the kind of right sided centre back in a three, with Ryan Sessegnon as right wing back. And the two of them got in each other's way an awful lot and gave the ball away far too much for my liking. And it, it just didn't work. And I, I know the idea was keep it tight and for straight, uh, for straight wolves because they've got a you know very dangerous attack. But it, it didn't really work for me. And I, I think if it wasn't for Rico in goal and the woodwork and Diego Jota missing you know, a few chances, I think we could have been four or five nil. So, yeah, less happy than than you guys are clearly, but um, and it started from that that odd that odd lineup from Parker. 
Well, the, the lineup seems to me to be something that certainly worked in frustrating them, as you mentioned. I thought Christie is right centre back. I mean, I loved his telling off of Jota for diving early on in the game. Um, he seemed quite reassured in that position for, I don't know, maybe about 65% of the match anyway. Mr. Don, do you have any thoughts on what Matt Dom's just brought up, brought up there? So this is where uh, uh, the, the coach in me wants to explain. And I'm, I'm not going to defend Parker. I think actually Parker's been doing a great job. Uh, hmm. We'll talk about that later. But we've, we've seen this already with Parker. If you guys remember, when it came time to go against the, the big teams, when, you know, Liverpool and different things, he switches from being kind of a semi-attacking formation, very more aggressive when you do the four, two, three, one, more layers to kind of sitting back, you know, looking for more of the break. And this is actually nothing different than uh, Rainey did and all the other coaches. He went back to a lot of people think it's three generally though, if you look on the website and the way it's normally set up, it's, it's usually five in the back with, you know, three sitting in front, um, one, one up top or two up top supposed to be working together. So what he did, actually, I have no problem with the formation or, or how he played it. It was definitely he knew it was going to be a very fast attack, usually from from Wolves. They've been doing fairly successful, you know, in the league. So kudos to them for that. He put the guys in the back and said, OK, let's frustrate them, make it difficult for them. And then we're going to try and do on the counter. Now, on the counter side, you've got your wings that you're relying on. Your options there right now, uh, Chrissy, he had to put in as the outside back because Adoy is hurt. I don't really have any problem with Christy being the outside back. You know, I can't say he's any better or worse than, than Adoy. I was looking at stats and Christy has got a pretty good account for putting crosses in. So him and Ryan, Brian out there, I think actually did fairly well. Uh, yeah. Ryan Session on the wing. I love him. I think he's a great player. I think we all agree his head's not quite there right now. And and I don't know that it's because he's looking mm-hmm. to exit out the door. I'm wondering if it's just, you know, that mental thing. Things haven't quite gone right this season. And he's got to, you know, break that funk and get out of that funk somehow. But I had no problem with, with the actual formation or what, what he was doing. To me, it was pretty clear. You know, it's a five converts into three in the back. Sure. And I think, you know, I can see the frustration from Dom's side, though, because there was a lot, and I mean a lot of passing back, but I sometimes think that was tactically to really piss them off. However, going back to Ryan Session, Mr. Dom, your thoughts on this really quickly. I mean, for me, he was really bad. I mean, like, he just completely stuttered a lot of the play in my eyes, and just his clearances were poor, his passing was inaccurate. I just think as Don alluded to there, that Ryan Sessegnon mentally is already at Spurs. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure it's it's because he's he's out of the club. Um, okay. And he knows he's leaving. He, he's he been pretty poor all season. I think we can all agree with that. And I, if I was him, I can, I can see, I could be frustrated by being played as a right wing back or even on the right wing because as we've watched him in the last couple of years, I think we can all agree that his strongest position is on the left wing. And the player he's got the best connection with is is Mitrovic up front. And he's about as far as, as far away as you can get from him uh, against Wolves. And, you know, with a new combination with Christie playing in, in defence. And, I mean, he, he's kind of, he's become a bit of a player who, since Ryan Babel's come in, Babel has made it, made that left wing spot his own. 
um, mm. if we've gone with three up front. And and Cessna has been forced out to the right, which isn't his strongest position. He hasn't he hasn't played very well there. Um, so I think it's kind of partly due, due to the fact that he is he's such a versatile player, and that he's been played where perhaps he's not strongest just to fit the team, mm. and not it's not where he shines. So I see it as more that kind of thing rather than the fact that his his head's gone and he's not trying anymore. Because I, I don't agree. I think he is trying. He's just perhaps not up to this level yet you know i i agree i, I think he is trying I, I would never say he's not trying but i do wonder you know if he's just got a lot of stuff on his mind and then you know he's, he's not completely concentrated or mentally at that I, i'm here at the top level i've got to be mentally ready for the top level and a lot of that i think could be you know everything like i said from he has been getting stuck in the mud, you know, and, and, and the ball just not doing what he wants it to do, or, you know, his, his touch, you know, is, is just not been there like the last season or two, but, you know, he's also got a new manager who knows the new manager's probably ticking in his ear. Hey, we got to be looking to move. I think there's a lot of things probably going on in a very young, young kid's mind. And he's not able to fully concentrate right now on the game. You know, I'm sure, Tony and everybody's bugging him, sign a contract, please sign a contract. <clears throat> we all hope he will. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I personally, I, I feel bad for him. I'm sure there's a lot going on and it's hard for him to probably concentrate on the field. That, that would be my thing. So I, I think get him settled somewhere, whether it's here or somewhere else. And I'll bet you if he can get his head in the right place, I still think he's going to be a phenomenal player in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I hopefully, I mean, we'll talk about contracts a bit further later with, Mr. Kearney, but with the the left wing back position filled by Joe Bryan, now I don't know about you guys, but for me, Joe Bryan was one of our most dangerous looking players in this game. Um, he's been ex like excellent over the past few games. It looks like he could be a serious, serious gem for us in the championship next season. You're starting to see what everyone at Bristol was on about and why Villa were up for him in the first place. Uh, Mr. Tom, I mean, you you know my love for Bryan, like behind closed doors and, you know, obviously publicly on this pod. I just want to know what you think. I mean, was there a standout uh, position for you or player of the match for you in this game? Well, yeah, no, I I agree with you about Joe Bryan lately. He's um, from early in the season. He was really, really kind of it. It didn't look like he was up to the standard whatsoever. He didn't yeah. seem to have much of a connection with many of the players. And obviously his, there were a lot of injuries that we had to deal with and it didn't help that he was playing with with new players every week. But he he's really become an attacking force in the last few games, and his crossing is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, he he was by far our best attacker in the in, in the, against Wolves, and he had one or two chances with his right foot that he, he on another day might have gone in. So yeah, I'm really happy with him. I think for me, the man of the match against Wolves was either Chambers, who again, I mean, we we know what we've what we can come to expect from from Chambers now. He gets himself in the way, and he breaks up play, and he. You know, he passes it off quickly to a more creative player and he covers every inch of the pitch. And he did that again against Wolves. Mm. But again, I would probably give it to Sergio Rico. Uh, I know he's yeah. been man of the match on a few occasions this season, particularly lately, he's really upped his game. And there were one or two of those saves he made against Wolves were absolutely spectacular. Uh, one early in the first half where he, he dived down low to his left and tipped it wide. Mm. And I think later on in the game, he... he Tip one over the bar from, you know, it was, it was absolutely arrowed at him, and he just uh, got an arm up to it and pushed it over the bar. I mean, without him, like I said earlier, I think we would have lost by more than one. 
and again without Chambers, you know, really, really making it difficult for them in the middle, I think uh, they would have had a lot more, a lot more chances. So take your pick between like, one of those three for me. Yeah, it's interesting with Rico because actually the goal we conceded, it was so frustrating, Mr. Love, because, you know, we we had done so well up until that point of frustrating and got a bit lucky with their missed chances. Um, but the goal we conceded, you know, Brian watching the ball go past around him too easily to Doherty and then Anguisa doesn't stick to the runner Doherty who crosses the ball to Dendokia uh, in the box who Chambers doesn't track back to and Maxime Lamarchand certainly isn't marking well enough and the goal goes in. I mean, it's a lovely finish by uh, Dendok uh, Donker, but uh, it's, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. But yeah, it, Rico wasn't at fault for this goal and you just show actually some of the old, you know, switching off defensively is still there and until, you know, Parker's got some defenders in, if Parker is getting the job in the championship, we might actually, well, you, you get what I mean. It's the same old, same old that we've been seeing this whole season yeah. with Fulham. And it has to do with players switching off, especially in the midfield. And, you know, like you said, Brian watched the guy just go bye-bye. Uh, and you expect, oh, well, somebody's going to pick him up. And they don't, you know, and, that, and that's the big problem we've got right now. Uh, we're not the only ones, you know, that are having this problem. There are several teams that have this problem. But that is like, for me, the one thing that is really frustrating, you know, you you want that player in the midfield to be tracking back and looking for those players that are trying to split the team apart, pull the, pull the team apart, create those spaces and chances for other players. Well, we seem to just watch it and say, okay, that happened. Well, let it go, you know, and that's the problem. We, we've got to stop doing that. I want to see more aggressive defense. And while I love Tim Ream in the back, I, I, I really, whoever is, I hope they're looking at somebody, whoever's going to be, yeah, that central defender for next year. We really need that strong, you know, very loud voice, demanding, controlling. We we don't have that. And and you know, last year when Kmac was on the field, he was that guy. You know, he wasn't always sure. in the center in the center back, but he was that guy who. Alfie Morrison. You know, that's, that's a my good hope question. for Alfie Morrison. That's that, that's that, really that is a good, good role, damn I think question. Well, you know. Is he going to be here? Is he leaving? Uh, what, what's the deal with him? I, I'm, I personally haven't been following him because he's been out so much. Matt, what, what's, he, the, he, what's the thing? He's been on the bench the last few games. Uh, that was because he's get finally to... getting healthy again, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he injured himself tying his laces, didn't he? Right. Uh, <laughs> <and> we, <laughs> we brought him injured. Um, so beyond him being a curse, I think uh, I think he could well be that um, that kind of commanding presence that you've been crying yeah. out for. And I think I think he stays because A, no one's going to want to buy him. And B, he owes us that at least, doesn't he? Yeah. For his injury problems. And yeah, I, th- I think he could play a really important role, commanding the defence and um, being that strong, shouting so. centre-back that you, you asked for. Um, I-, I hope so, because we are so... We really do like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know forget that I, we still need somebody even in the midfield who's helping to do that we don't have a kmac we don't have a murphy you know we we, we have not had a murphy since murphy left tell me one other person since murphy has left that has be dropped in and has dominated you know commanding here's how we're going to play kmac kind of does it but kmac doesn't quite come up to the same level as murphy was especially with skill shots on goal that kind of mm. stuff we desperately need another Murphy in my mind. Sure. And I don't know. I really don't. I don't have any people out there. I could say, oh, well, let's go grab him. That's our Murphy. But we desperately need something like that for next year. 
It's interesting because, I mean, you know, Anguissa in this game uh, wasn't up to the races as he usually. I mean, he's been fantastic the past few games. Um, but in this one, he was a bit off the mark, I thought. You know, just uh, as that sort of central midfielder. But obviously, he could never actually fill the role that a type of Murphy or a K-Mac could because we've actually discovered he's not that defensive midfielder that we were hoping for. He's actually more of a sort of breaking breaking lines, Johansson type. Um, g- going to players that actually that we think... I'll rephrase that. Yeah, go I was going to say, because he's not quite like Johansson. Johansson no, will come exactly. back and he will put in a shift, okay? We're yeah, not we need quite him. getting that. Yeah, exactly. We're not quite getting that out of Anguisa. And the other thing is, you know, because he likes to break, it's hard to play him, I think, in that same field with Tom. You know, it's the same thing with Siri. Siri's, you know, more attack-minded, stuff like that. Tom really shines when he can kind of play in my mind i've always said this the true number 10 that kind of starts out deep and he can find those oh my god passes and create stuff that that's where tom shines uh but for tom to do that you've got to have that guy that's a little more defensive minded in in the defense in the midfield and yeah that's where k-mac you know which really shined i thought k-mac really allowed tom to be creative and do stuff like that and was there to kind of help clean things up when things broke yeah. We need that again. Well, we do. But I mean, we'll talk about Tom in a minute, actually, because obviously we've got certain news about him that we discussed. But um, talking about players who we will need next season, who might resign, like, or, you know, where their head's at. Let's just quickly, very quickly talk about Mitrovic. Again, not at the races. Um, hasn't scored a goal um, other than a penalty recently uh, from open play since, I, I don't know, the start of the year, I think. Is he off to you guys? As in, like, do you think he's already, you know, got an offer and he's on his way out, Matt Dom? Because I honestly think I was thinking that, you know, when talking about player of the season, I don't know who will be player of the season. I mean, we'll talk about potential contenders now, uh, but would maybe giving it to Mitrovic butter him up and potentially keep him on for next? Because we all know that Mitrovic likes to feel loved and cushioned and have an arm around his head and uh, around his neck rather and say how much he's loved and adored. I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on Mitrovic and his slump in form? Because he missed an absolute sitter in this game and actually in Cardiff as well. Yes, it's a tough one. Um, I mean, in terms of him staying first, I I don't Hmm. think... Giving him player of the season is going to make any difference. I think he already feels like uh, he feels that love from the crowd as it is. You know, he he said that from the start, and he's been really appreciated ever ever since he's arrived at the club. So, yeah. if that was the issue, then he's he's going to stay. But it's the issue of a Premier League club coming in for him, offering him a pay rise, say, but also offering him the chance to to carry on playing Premier League football, which he's clearly suitable for. That would be the thing that decides it or not. Uh, he's The thing with him is he, he's, he is the kind of striker who does miss chances. We didn't see it straight away because when he came to us last, last season, he was putting everything away. Um, That's right, yeah. But this season, he's definitely missed quite a few chances. As you say, in the Cardiff game, he missed a, he missed a glorious one and the one against Wolves. I mean, he, he really should be burying that. But he is that kind of striker. He he needs a lot of chances before he puts them away. And that's that's not to say he's a bad striker, but he will create those chances where other strikers might not get them. You know, he'll he'll win headers and he'll fight his way through to get to the ball. He does that, but then he might he might not put it in the net all the time. Um 
so I think that's why he against Wolves especially he didn't really play very well because we were on the back foot and we were trying to play on the break and he yeah. does not suit that system whatsoever and we saw that when Ranieri was here um he needs to be in a team that is has got runners around him is creating chances and is, is on the front foot but so yeah but maybe it, yeah, but maybe if this is a way that Park is going to play uh, potentially in the championship, like with a combination of Ranieri tactics, as you said, and the Slavisa ball tactics, with a nice combination of attacking and defensive, yeah. is Mitrovic, is it arguable that actually Mitrovic isn't in Parker's plans? I know that sounds very, very sort of, uh, oh my God, how is that even possible? But is that a possible that Mitrovic would not actually suit our style of play that Parker's intending for next season? Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's a tricky one. I, I don't. I think Parker wants to play, from what I've seen so far, he wants players to play to their strengths, which is mm. in the right position. And if they're Tom Kearney and they want to play football and pass the ball around, then he'll let them do that. And if it's Mitrovic, he'll say, get crosses in for him because he's an absolute unit in the air. So I, I don't see him as a kind of manager who who will pick a system and fit players into that. I think he will he will kind of see what players he's got, look at the opposition and then try and work it out from there. Um he's he's changed the system quite a lot so far. Yeah. And sometimes successful, sometimes not. But he's certainly not rigid and I, I think that's a good thing. And that that's where I completely agree. Okay. I think Parker has shown that he is not gonna be a one pony manager okay he's not gonna have just one type of style that he's gonna stick to stick to stick to and you know we can love him all he wants but that was one of slab's uh problems is he's really stubborn he would always stick to the same thing he never really adjusted Definitely. okay well i think parker's showing he is willing to adjust and he knows okay we can't do the same thing for each team it's not gonna work and so as dom was saying you want parker to be able to pick his own players going into next season okay so that he can choose the system and get the players for that system. Now, with that said, that's the freaking unknown, you know, question that is sitting out there, just like who created the universe and how how did it come to be? We don't know what <laughs> Tony Khan's going to do when it comes to freaking bringing in players and what kind of system he's going to do. Is he still going to do his? I will choose the players based on my stats. They got to check two hundred damn boxes. You'll deal with it and move on. Or we're going to mm. get rid of you? Or is he going to say, okay, Parker, I want some input. What would you like? How do you want to play? What are the players you want to target? And to me, that's going to be the difference how we go forward, okay? Hopefully, you would think everybody's learned their lesson, and it's a combination of both worlds, okay? Where Parker will put out, this is how I want to play. These are the players I want. Please go after them. And he comes back and says, okay, well, I don't know that those players are going to happen, but what about this kind of player? He's the same style, blah, blah, blah. It's got to be a happy medium there, okay? And until that happens, you you can't really determine what's going to happen as far as Parker or any other coach coming in, which will go later. We can talk about coaches coming in. That's going to be a big factor for why a coach would even want to come in or, or not come in. Now, as far as Mitro, back to Dom and, and you guys talking about Mitro. I was listening to, and I don't want to give a plug for another pod, but uh, – I think it might have been you, J Mac, who was talking about um, the uh, P Peter Crouch 
podcast? Are you the one who brought it up in the in the in the group chat? Somebody brought it up. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> hilarious, and I love it. Well, one of the things he talked about, and I've heard this time and time and again from like strikers, true true strikers, and Mitro is a true striker who can play with his back to the box, and that's what you want. Is you know all strikers go through this little period of unluckiness, or you know they're 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 really. Uh, have something that, you know, they, they swear they have to have or do that. It's their good luck charm. You know, for Peter Crouch, he talks about how he had shin guards since he was like 10 or something uh, and he lost them. And he thought the end of the world, that is his, you know, playing days were going to be terrible and he's going to, you know, have to retire. I don't know if there's maybe a good luck charm out there that Mitro has lost or, you know, needs back or, you know, whatever. I don't think it's the fans. I think it's just kind of maybe a little bit of a mental thing where, hmm. you know, he's, he's not completely clicking and connecting. Okay. Now with that said, I still think he is going to be in the future for next year if he sticks around. Okay. And the reason I say that is because there aren't many people out there who can do what he does really well. And what I mean by that is play with your back to the goal, receive the ball, hold up traffic, find the little flicks, especially with his head. Oh my God, he's, he's really good, you know, with these little passes and flicks off to his head. Uh, you know, he's, he's strong and that's what we need going forward. My fear, you talk about premier league teams and I've said this and I'll say it again. The one team that scares me right now for Metro actually would be West Ham. Uh, the reason yeah. I say that is because from all accounts I've heard, his family, his children, they're very settled in London. So for me, if a team were to come after him, it's got to be a London team, I would think, right now. He, I don't yeah. – you know, and then you don't know. They throw crazy money at somebody, and yeah, I'll move. West Ham is the only team that really worries me right now going after him as far as London. Yeah, my, me too. And, you know, I, I saw Brian Frederick scored his first goal uh, for West Ham uh, yesterday. And you see all the comments on Twitter underneath and saying, like, yes, Ryan, all these, like, annoying emoji signs of hammers. And this is something about that. If I saw that with Mitrovic, I'd be really disgusted. I don't know why. Um, and, you know, speaking, you, you say the future there earlier, Don, alluding to it anyway, is let's talk about something that happened in the 88th minute. We had young Harvey Elliott come on and the youngest premier league appearance on record surpassing briggs and he's a 16 year old boy and like speaking of boy i just want to put this into perspective this boy wasn't born when the movie about a boy was released in cinemas as well as eight mile lord of the rings the two towers catch me if you can and men in black too this is absolutely unreal that this kid has just i mean i, I just love movie trivia like that, kid... that or you just know that off the top of your head how old do you feel right now, fellas? Like, isn't that mad? He wasn't even born when those films came out. I did Google that before doing this. Yeah, I'm quite. But it's just absolutely insane. Um, but you well, know, his point from... that old. He's not much older than than Harvey. So for me, yeah, I feel. Like <laughs> me, now. yeah, about about twice. <laughs> twice. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a very young teenage dad. I could easily be his dad. <laughs> Men in black. You think too. you could be his dad? If I was a very I, young, I guess teenage that makes dad. me I could be <laughs> a grandpa. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, so Scott, Parker <laughs> so Scott Parker has quoted this. He says, he wasn't entering the field for sentimental reasons. He's on the field because he deserves it. Now, am I feeling a bit cynical or do we think that there is a potential contract situation with Harvey Elliott to keep him sweet so we can keep hold of him for the championship season? Or maybe I'm being a bit too cynical. Let's actually look at the positives first. I'll go to you, Mr. Dunn, with this debut from young Master Elliott. Oh, you old cynic, you. Sorry. Yeah, it must be the age. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe wasn't there that earlier in the season? He didn't he send out a rude tweet or an Instagram message or something? I can't remember exactly what yeah, he said. Yeah, but apparently that wasn't him, and I don't know. Was I don't know. Okay. Sometimes he you knows. look at tweets like that, and then you look at his haircut, and you're like, oh, I, why? It probably was him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Go on. Yeah. Keep going. Um, I. I don't know. I think there's probably an element of um, we want to keep you yeah. and we're showing that there there is a route into the first team um, for young players with talent as if he kind of mm. hasn't been watching Ryan Sessegnon for the last three years. But exactly. Um, yeah. But even so, I mean, we, we, we've, we've proven with Matt Briggs from before and you know now Harvey Elliott that we are a club that puts focus on young players and gives them a chance in the team. So from his point of view, I don't think he could be at a better club for that, especially now in the league below. And it's not, I mean, it's obviously a really good standard, but it's not quite to the standard as the Premier League or not nearly to the standard of the Premier League. There's opportunities for him there. So I think it's more, whether it's a contract issue or not, because I don't think he can sign a very long contract at 16 anyway. It's just an opportunity for Parker to say, do you know what? There's a chance for young players here. Um, I'd like to see him give a chance to, um, some some of the others, maybe um, Matt O'Reilly, for example. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, because he particularly plays in a position where we're we're crying out for an understudy to Tom Kearney, if you like, and perhaps that could be O'Reilly. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it, no more than that, really. Yeah, and I mean, we mustn't forget also. I mean, this is a guy that uh, Barcelona, I think, have had their eyes on. Man City certainly have. Uh, Mister Don, your thoughts on Harvey Elliott's debut, mate? I was really glad to see him come out. Uh, it, it, it's always good and it's always exciting to see young talent being shown, hey, we believe in you. Uh, we want to give you a chance, you know, or, or we, we're looking to prove to you that we believe in you and we see you in our future. Uh, he's 16. I'm sure he's got like all those other kids, some agent in his ear saying, if they don't put you in first team right away, we're going to go over here. Okay. We're going to do all kinds of other stuff. We're going to make money. We're going to make money. You just, again, it's the same thing with Sess. Lots of people probably in his ear. What I give him credit for is if you watched him when he stepped on the field, he immediately went across, he passed out Parker's little orders about who who's playing here, who's doing what. And he fell right in, you know, it, it was like a seamless little injection of a new player. It wasn't, you know, he got in there and had a bad touch or a bad game. No, he wasn't in for long, but still, he ejected mm-hmm. himself right away. And I think that's great. I, I wish, like you said, more players were kind of being given that chance uh, right now. I'm really hopeful, like you said, next year. I really want to see Steven. I want to see Steven yeah. so bad. Um, I really, really, really hope he's going to be pushed up. Uh, and there's other players that you, now you got to wonder about other players that are kind of aging out of the academy system and the PL2. What, what's going right. to happen with them? And, you know, one of them is one of my favorite American is uh, Mr. Luca Delator. Yeah. You know, yeah. is he going to age out? Or are they just going to say, okay, well, you're done and we're going to cut you free? What, what's going to happen there? Uh, Fusa, yeah. I want to see him out. He's finally back from injury. Uh, supposedly he's yeah. going to play well, you know. 
Well, this is why it's important that Scott Parker stays, in my opinion, because he's seen these players for quite a few years now, because he used to play with us, of course, you know, about four or five years ago. And also, you know, he, he's used to dealing with youth setups in Spurs and working alongside or near next to managers like Pochettino, who are very good with developing younger players. So, I mean, honestly, I do believe if Parker stays, we, we could be in a lot worse hands. Now, speaking of Parker, I'll just get quickly your Parker points rating out of 10 for this game. I'll go to you. Straight back to you, Mr. Dunn, for this one. I'll, I'll give him a six. Uh, mm-hmm. The only reason I'm, I dropped down from, say, like a seven is I still think – I know everybody questions his formation. I still think the formation was the right thing to do. I like that he changed things up and knew, hey, we've got to – we can't just be possession, possession, blah, blah, blah. I know it frustrated people holding it in the back. I think, you know, he was trying to be more defensive-minded, keep the ball. Uh, you know, hopefully if we have possession more, they don't have it as much less chance of them scoring. I wasn't completely happy with all the subs. Um, I did question some of the subs and how that was going. Uh, I, I understood why taking off Sess and stuff. And I like seeing, uh, of, it was Floyd who came on for, for Sess, right? Um, I, yes, I like seeing yeah. that. Yep. I like seeing that. And I really hope he's going to be a big part of next year. So I give him a six. Now, along with that, I love that he put Harvey in. Absolutely love it. I hope he continues to do that because, as you say, he believes in kind of that old-fashioned football. And he, there's an article he talks about how he believes in, you know, rewarding good talent and people who want to play hard. So a solid six for me. Um, I'm going to go the five. I, I want oh. to see. <laughs> Only because I said six, right? You're trying to outdo Well, it. maybe, maybe. It was going to be a five anyway. I'll show you my notes after. um i want to see sensible lineups i want to see i get there's an element of experimentation because some of these players aren't going to be here next year so we've got he's got to see who might be able to play where and that kind of thing but um i I just don't think it worked in general we we gave him too many chances um and i think along with leicester that was probably his weakest performance as manager um so I, I again we, we don't just mentioned the substitutions we didn't really touch on it earlier but too far too late um and you know they weren't going to make an impact at that point and potentially you could have turned the game in our favor if you'd have uh, brought some players on earlier um so I, I can't really give him more than a five okay very good i mean i'll i think i'll join mr dunn with six or maybe 6.5 in that one Right, guys. Well, look, before we get to the quiz, we need to talk about a bit of very good news for spring that we received. Put a bit of a spring in our step was Tom Kenny has signed a new contract, taking him till 2024. And yeah, I mean, this is pretty nice news to hear. Um, I personally think that we could still do with signing someone as a, you know, as a substitute for him in his position that can do all the passes and all the creative stuff because if Kenny gets injured, we know what happens to our season. Well, the beginning of our seasons anyway. Um, so I'll, I'll go to you, Mr. Tom, uh, with the reaction to this news. And does it cement him as a Fulham legend in your eye? Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, he, there was talk of him leaving, wasn't there? Just after the summer, we didn't get promoted uh, mm. when we lost in the playoffs. And um, the, the January after that as well, I think uh, there was talk of him going to Newcastle. Uh, West Ham as well, maybe, but um, that's right. 
I think we we all heard a few weeks ago, didn't we, from uh, Mister Mister Danny Boy that um, yes. he Kenny was going to be signing a new deal, um, and part partly in order to avoid taking a pay cut as we dropped down. But you know, whatever the reasons are, he's committed himself the rest of his career to the club now. Um, and yeah. Barring some, uh, you know, a big transfer fee to take him off our hands, that will be the case. And I think. I think you've got to go down as a legend if you're prepared to commit your future to the club after just being relegated from the Premier League. When when that has been his ambition as a player is to to play in the Premier League, um, and it, it's got to the point, you know, where he's he he realizes that being happy where, at the club you're at, uh, where you're really appreciated, is is as important as that. So, you know, we we've given him a lot of support, and he's he's repaid us now with that with this new deal, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the rest of his career. So for me, I personally think that this is a really good thing. He signed his contract. He's committing to Fulham. You know, whether or not he ends his career with us is still to be seen. Hopefully, you know, he's not going to just end his career here. He's going to make it even go better and higher than what we've already done with him. Uh, This is, you know, to me, fantastic news. And hopefully it shows everybody else this is the way to go that, you know, you you guys – are part of a team. You help put us here. If you can help us get back, that would be awesome. So I hope everybody follows suit. The important people at least follow suit. Yeah, and I think just, just one more thing to add. I think um, when we went down last time, it was a, a team full of mercenaries and you know players towards the end of their careers on short-term deals and well into their 30s. And I think it's really important to have someone who has been with us in the Premier League you can come down and we can kind of he's got that commitment to see us come back up and he's he's been there and done that and he's been through it before with promotion and he's also tasted the Premier League so keeping hold of players like that will really really be helpful to our promotion push again Exactly. And, you know, he says he'd like to end his career here. He's the guy who gave our first win ever at Wembley we'll always remember him for that and look Ain't nobody likes him, Kenny. Hopefully, we will see him here for a very, very long time. That's really good news. Um, and we will start the quiz after this with a special Tom Kenny round. Excellent. All right. See you in a bit, guys. The quiz is next. Fulham. Okie dokie, guys. It is time for the quiz. Now, my lovely co-host here can win a total of 21 points, and you lovely listeners at home can win a total of 26 points. Excellent. So, round one, ain't nobody like Tom Kenny. That is the round. So following the fantastic news that Tom Kenny is committed to the club until 2024, we thought it was only right that we dedicate the opening round of the quiz to our captain. All right. So these questions are going to go to both like each of you guys. So I'll go to one of you first and one of you after, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a guessing game. So question one, round one, ain't nobody. Question one, to the day, how old was Tom Kenny when he signed for Fulham? And I will go to you, Mr. Matt Dom. Um, 24 years and mm. 85 days. Ooh. And to you, Mr. Dunlove? Okay, so let's see. I'm going to say about age 23 and let's say mm. 140 days. Okay. All right, well, Matt Dom gets the point there. He was closest because it was 24 years and 156 days old. So the point goes to Mr. Dom there. It's currently 1-0. So question two of round one for the Tom Kearney round. All right, he has made, Tom Kearney has made 162 appearances so far for the club. 
How many of those appearances has he started the match? And I will go to you first, Mr. Dunn. Oh. So he's been with the club. This is how many he's done total, right? So how many out of 162 appearances has he started? How many has he st- how many um how many out of 162 has he started? So he's made 162 appearances, but how many has he actually started the match for? So it's a number uh, well, out that, of that's, that's, it's it's hard to say because he has had some injuries where he was out for a while. So mm. I'm going to say 110. 110. Okay, cool. And I'll go to you, Mr. Matt Dump. I was going to say I think he's I think he started most of those. Um, I was going to go higher to closer to 150, but because Don's is a bit low, I'm going to go 140. 140. You have another point back, Tom. It was 146 starts out of 162. That is a fantastic guess. Very good. Very good. All right. So two points to Dom. Question three. What is the exact minute and seconds that the ball crossed the line when Kearney scored the winner at Wembley last May? Oh, oh yeah. Why so Mr. D- what was the exact time down to the second that his son was born? <laughs> Oh, that would have been good. No, we can't do that now. It's too late. Uh, It probably would be, yeah. But all right. So, okay. Mr. Dom, you first. How many minutes and seconds? It was was 20-something. Not good enough, mate. (laughs) 21 minutes, 43 seconds. 21, 43. Okay. And for you, Mr. Dom? I, I do remember it was in the 20th some minute i don't know the exact minute but i I do remember that because we spent the rest of the time biting our nails wondering if we were going to concede so yeah i'm going to say 26 minutes 14 seconds 26 14 okay the correct answer is 22 minutes and 13 seconds so that makes dumb closer with 21.43. So that is three points to Mr. Dom and zero to Mr. Don. Uh, That's going to be confusing to listen to. Uh, Question four, (laughs) final one. He has scored, so question four, Tom Kearney has scored 28 goals and counting in all competitions for Fulham, but has he scored more of them at home or away? And also Wembley counts as away in this instance, and I'll go to you, Mr. Don Love. 28 total. Mm-hmm. How many of them are away? Including Wembley. Including Wembley. Yes. I'm going to say 14. 14. And for you, Mr. Dump? Matt Dump? Um, yeah, I think it's most it's most away. How, sorry, how many was it again? 28. Um, 28, yeah. I reckon it's quite high. I'm going to go with 18. 18. You're going for 18. The answer is, including Wembley, he has scored 17 goals away. So, Matt Dom, you are closest to that because you were just one over. So, Matt Dom has all four points. I know. That's 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 right. That that means that, you know, he, he, for whatever reason... And he scored 11 at home. Oh, Oh, you mean for Kenny, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, one yeah. of the best goals I've got to see from Fulham, me and my wife went to them at Brentford, at Brentford. And it yeah. was in like the waning minutes of the second half. Oh, lovely, he scored lovely a, goal. 
oh my God goal from across the left side, you know, right there in front of goal. It was awesome. Well, let's see if you can be awesome in this final question. Yeah, we'll see about that. Question five. Right, question five. Last one for the Tom Kenny round. Those 28 goals that we just mentioned have come against 20 clubs, all right? But which team has he scored the most against, which happens to be three goals? So which team has he scored the most against, which happens to be three goals? Okay, so which team do you suppose it is? And I'll go to you first, Mr. Matt Dom. Oh, that's tough. Um, I'm gonna have to go. I have to go with the team I know we scored against, but mm. uh, I don't think he's got three. But um, Brentford. Brentford. Okay, you're going for Brentford, and Mr. Don Love. Oh man, this is bad. Um, three. Three goals. Um. Had to be somebody down there, I would think, in, towards the bottom. What about like Blackburn? Blackburn. The answer is Leeds. The correct answer is Leeds. He scored two at Ellen Road and that famous last minute, last minute equaliser at the Hammersmith end. Um, he has also scored two goals against the following clubs. So you're nearly there. So he scored two goals for Brentford against Brentford, QPR. Charlton, Bolton, Nottingham Forest, and Norwich. All right? Okay. And now we have the final question here. Question six. And I'll go to each of you for this one, okay? So, true or false, guys? Question six. Despite scoring 28 goals from midfield, TC has never scored more than one in a game. True or false? I'll go to you first, Mr. Don. Well, I I would think that's false. I, I would surely hope he's done more than just one. Okay, I'll go false for you. And Mr. Dunn, what is your answer for that? Well, because I can't I can't think of any occasion where he has scored two. Um mm. I'll say it's true. Okay. The answer is false. He scored a brace in one match, a three nil win at home to Charlton in his first season. So Don grabs a point there and the scores currently are four one. Four one to Mr. Matt Dom. A point for you, Mr. Don Love. Okay, so round two, we're doing back and forth now. Uh, you know how that works, so here we go. If we take on Newcastle this weekend in our last match of the season, so what I want you to do is to name any team we have played during the new millennium in our last game of any season since the 1999-2000 season. So there are 16 to pick from because three teams we've played, we've played twice on the final day. So we've actually played three of these teams twice. So I just need you to name me a team that we've played on the last day of a season since 1999-2000. And Mr. Matt Dom, because you're winning, I'll go to you. Okay. Um, yes. So Crystal Palace, last time we went down. Crystal Palace, last time we went down, is absolutely correct. Very good. That is a point for you. And Mr. Dom? <laughs> Love the bell. So last Thanks. teams we played of the season... The first one that comes to mind would be Villa. Um, right, hold on. Let me just state you're gonna have to because we played them in the final. One second, Villa at Wembley. That is absolutely right. That is a point for you. And back to you, Mr. Matt Dom. Well, then I guess for that that same reason, it would be Reading. Being in the playoffs in the second leg. That is a point for you and for you, Mr. Don Love. So, 
I'm not going to be able to guess a lot of these because I'm not just that I'm not very good at this stuff. But the one that was does stick out to my mind would be uh, 2007, mm-hmm. 2008, uh, you mm-hmm. know, that barely allowed us to get anywhere or, or, or to survive. And that'd be um, um, Portsmouth. That is a point for Don. Portsmouth or Pumpia on the, is on the list. Okay, and back to you, Mr. Matt Dom. Uh, kind of struggling now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the end of the season, but I think we played Middlesbrough. Uh, we're definitely near the end of one season, and it was like a ridiculous, ridiculous game because the keeper came up at the other end. Um, All right, but you going for Borough? You know, yeah, go for Borough. Borough is absolutely correct, and we played them twice. Actually, uh, it was a one-nil uh, victory for us, um, and in the two thousand five two thousand six season, and we had suffered a defeat three-one on the two thousand six two thousand seven season, where Matt Briggs became the youngest Premier League football player uh, to make an appearance. So, basically, ties in with the Harvey. Not Elliott, the one I'm uh, thinking of, story. but I'll take it. Well, there you go. There's two of them. All right, and back to you, Mister Dunn. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, what about Birmingham? What they were towards the end of a season one year. Birmingham is not on the list. I am afraid, Mister Don. I am so sorry. All right, we'll go back to Mister Matt Dom. Next one for you, sir. Penultimate. Uh, I'm guessing now. Yeah, go for it. Arsenal. You guys are missing a very famous one, but yeah, Arsenal oh, yeah. is on the list. Very good. Arsenal is absolutely on the list, and let me just read the memo for Arsenal. Um, yes, indeed, Arsenal is on the list. Uh, we draw two all to Arsenal, where Gira gets our first red card of the season with just 10 minutes to go of the season to end. All right, so Arsenal is on the list, and Mr. Don, another guess for you, sir. Um, since we've come up, for the last time before we went down. Um, didn't somebody give us a really bad spanking at the end of the season? Um, Very likely. What about the the year that Swansea won it all? Were, were we the last team they played that year? So I, I'm going to say Swansea. Didn't they? We were the last ones they played and they'd already won it all or something. Swansea is absolutely on the list. Swansea won 3-0 at their place on the 2000, in the 2012-2013 season. Yeah, that's definitely on the list. Sir. All right, final guess for you, Mr. Dom. Um, I think uh, I think Norwich, because we smashed them. Yes, we certainly did. Norwich is on the list, and we have played Norwich twice in the 2004-2005 season, where we won them 6-0. That's where we smashed them and Norwich were relegated. And the second time we faced them actually was uh, obviously at the end of the season, but in the 2014-2015 season where we lost 4-2 to Norwich and Norwich were promoted uh, to the Premier League. So there you go. Excellent. And final guess for you, Mr. Don. Uh, Wasn't there... What was that year uh, we were going back and forth with Sunderland? Let's say Sunderland. Sunderland. Sunderland is not on the list, but I am actually surprised by that because Sunderland always feels like a team that we should have be- should have faced. 
in the final day of the season. So unlucky there, mate, because I would have said Sutherland as well. So out of that round, Don had three points and Matt Dom has a full five out of five. Now, the other teams you could have got. So we could have had Spurs in the 2011-2012 season where they won 2-0. We could have had... I'll wait for this one. We could have had Everton in the 2008-2009 season. Or we could have had... Well, we've had Middlesbrough. That's already been mentioned. We could have had Bolton. And we played them twice in 2003-2004 and 2015-2016. Poor old Bolton. Uh, We could have had Charlton. We could have had uh, Blackburn. We could have had Grimsby. And we could have had Huddersfield. And Gridner Grimsby match in 2000-2001. We were already promoted on 101 points under Tagana and fluffed a chance to equalize and uh, equal the record of 104 points at the time. And uh, the Charlton match was a Saha penalty. Then Mick Taylor saved a penalty from Jason Yule and Boa stripped down to his pants at full time, as you do. <laughs> so that's it. You know, so that's that's his all of it. But the, one, but the one you're all missing, which is technically allowed because it's at the end of the season, is Atletico Madrid. Because oh. uh, you guys said Wembley, so you should have known, you know, you should have mentioned that um, and, and the playoffs thing. So, yeah, Atletico Madrid you could have had for the Europa League final in 2009-2010. All right. Very good. So, final round. Guess the player. You know how it works. Uh, certain amount of points if you get facts one to two, five points, three to four, four points, five to six, three points, so on and so forth. Ten facts. I'm going to read them out really slowly. Guess the player. Here we go. Okay. So, Don, in your interest to get this quickly. Um, as quick as possible. <laughs> All right. But at the moment, the scores stand five, six, seven, eight, nine. Dom is on nine points and Don is on four points. Excellent. Here we go. Fact number one. This player is six foot tall. Anyone? Okay. Fact number two. He has played under four Fulham managers. Yeah. Outside the five point zone. Fact number three. He scored his first goal at the Putney end on his home debut. Uh, Fact number four. He has played and scored for Fulham in the top two divisions. Uh, okay, hold on. Go on, freezing you. I, I, You're I'm in just, four points. Just, just guessing because maybe there's a little little something going on here uh, theme-wise. Uh, I'm going with Tom. I'm going to say Tom. You're going to go with Tom. I will freeze you there. So there is a potential extra four points for you there, Mr. Don. All right, and let's keep going. Fact number five. However, most of his appearances have come in the championship. <laughs> I can hear. I mean, I can hear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on. I think he's right, but let's carry on. Okay, fact number six: he's a Premier League player. <laughs> right. Fact, yeah, yeah. Oh, fact oh. number seven: he's the captain of his current club. Uh, fact number eight: he was born in Nottingham. Uh, fact number nine: he is left-footed. Is Tom Kearney. And fan number 10, he's the only player to score for Fulham at Wembley. Take a bow, Tom Kearney. So, well because Don got it first, well done, Don. So that's an extra four points for you. So let's all add that up. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That is eight points for Mr. Don Love. But still, Dom, Mr. Matt Dom has succeeded just with nine points to the eight. So that is a huge amount of redemption there Part for you, the Mr. Don. That. that is wonderful. 
Yeah, exactly. Very good. Very good. And for your prize, Mr. Matt Dom, we are going to give you a very beautiful, slightly worn out, slightly damaged, slightly torn Sin Cara mask for you to wear whenever you fancy. We found it on the pitch. That'll be my most treasured possession. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe potentially another Tony Khan signing for EAL, whatever it's bloody called. Excellent. All right. So there you go, guys. That is the quiz. Matt Dom is the winner. And after this, we'll have a little Newcastle preview. And yeah, see you in a bit. Fulham. And welcome back. So, Newcastle, guys. Um, it's the last game of the season. Rafa Benitez, Newcastle are doing pretty well. They played certainly very well against Liverpool. They were unlucky not to actually be level with them at the end of the result. And just generally, I don't know, do we want to talk about tactics? What are your thoughts on this, Mr. Matt Dom? Uh, um, <laughs> let's just have a good day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's just have a good day. Uh, I mean, I can't really, really think of... I'm not resolved by the result. We cannot, All we can do is just like try and see ourselves off in style at the cottage, wouldn't you say, Mr. Dunlove? Yeah. I, last game, it doesn't matter to us. You know, it doesn't really affect Newcastle for anything. You know, they're gonna they're staying up, and it's not like they're fighting for the top seven or anything. So, hmm. I say just go hard and go out for it. Um, I know that yeah. you know we just did a three in the back, five in the back type formation. I'd rather uh, Parker go back to his four-two-three-one, and we just play some good, hopefully, fairly exciting football uh, to end the season with uh, on a high note. I would like to see uh, Harvey maybe step on the field again. Uh, yeah. I would love to see Sess or you know uh, Matt, you know, one of these guys or young younger guys to step on the field. But I just say go for it. Just Screw it all to hell. Who gives a crap right now? Just exactly. make it a good day. End this season in the right way possible. Uh, I think also, you know, it'll be interesting. Hopefully it'll be a sunny day. Uh, it'll, there'll be a lap of honor at the end. or well, Whatever honor we actually still hold for these players, what they've done this season. But you know what I mean? But a also lap. just the, uh, the lap, yeah, the lap of shame. Well, it, it's, um, it's at home. So, you know, you would hope Tony's going to make it a good day for everybody. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, this is it. A free cup of pawns for everybody. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but I mean, I mean, here's I mean, here's my thinking. Do we think that potentially? Uh, do you think Parker might be announced before Newcastle? What are your thoughts on that? Because there are some things in the papers today, the Daily Mail, I might add. So let's not take it too fucking seriously. But it's uh, you know, apparently we've just been rejected for the second time by Arsene Wenger, and there is something about Thank this. You. That I, I know it's just like you know. I, I know this isn't going to happen. It's obviously rubbish. Hopefully it's rubbish because it's just us and Wenger in the championship would be ridiculous. But is there any possibility that the Cairns are still holding out for a manager that isn't Scott Parker, even though it's the Daily Mail set stating it? What do you think about that? And I'll go to whoever with that. I I think I think they'd be silly not to be still weighing up options. Okay. Um, let's let's not forget it's not the end of the season. Not every available manager will will be on the radar at this point. Yeah. Look at Man United and see what what is potentially going to happen when you appoint a caretaker who's on a great run. Exactly. Um, I, I know there's no, you know, it is a completely different situation, but we, we did the same with Kit Simons and that didn't work out. I think well, there's no reason for us to be limiting our options at this point. There's no immediate rush um, unless 
a lot of the team say we're going to stay if Scott Parker's given the job because then, you know, all of a sudden we've got a really good championship squad um, ready to come back up next year. Um, so I, I would be surprised if he was announced before Newcastle. Um, and I, I think it's only sensible if we're we're looking at other options. Wenger <laughs> yeah. rejected us when we were a Premier League team. If we'd gone back in, now we're a champions. Now that we're a championship team, then that's just stupid. And obviously, is a pack of lies. Um, but yeah. you know, I, I think I think we've got you know another good few weeks before we need to make a decision. Really, yeah. I think you're right. And also, I mean, look, Steve Clark is very likely off to Scotland. Neil Lennon has said he, the, Fulham, the Fulham connection, yeah, the Fulham, exactly, big few. But also, you know, Neil Lennon has said that Fulham interest is hogwash and I think Celtic actually want to keep hold of him now. You know, exactly. So we're just ticking off all the sort of, you know, I just hope Alan Pardew doesn't come to bite us in the ass. Yeah, I mean, but like, what, what do you think, <laughs> Mr. Dunlop, on this situation? I was going to say Partridge then. Yeah, well, me. Maybe. Um, yeah, go on, Mr. Dunlove, what do you think? It, it, I don't know. It, it, I think it, it's it's all speculation. And and that's the problem right now with the cons is for a lot of things that they have done, it doesn't really seem logical. And especially with hindsight being 2020, you look back at the choices that have been made and things that have gone on. It just seems extremely chaotic how this club goes about choosing you know, players and managers, especially right now, managers is what we're talking about. So I really hope there isn't some left field out of nowhere, uh, you know, another coach that supposedly can save everybody, uh, you know, and brings in cheese. <laughs> I just, for once, I, I know a lot of people are still against Parker. They say he doesn't have the experience. I know Danny especially is not a fan of his uh, for taking the, the the reins, that he doesn't have enough experience. But, you know, unless I, – I, let me back up for once. I do want to say I don't think we should just close the door on anybody out there, okay? I do think due diligence needs to be done and all options need to be looked at. But, you know, we're, we're not in the driving seat. We don't know what all options are out there. Um, but from where I sit, Parker to me makes the most sense right now. He knows the club. He knows a lot of these players. A lot of people are not going to agree with me and I'll probably get a lot of stick, but I think he has shown in several different ways why he could be a good manager and not a 2.0 kit, um, for several mm. reasons in my mind. So for me, if Parker doesn't get the job, I think it's going to be harsh. Now, if he doesn't get the job, please don't bring in some old name that is well beyond his expiration date, you know, and yeah, he's got all kinds of trophies maybe in his back pocket, but what has he done lately type thing? You don't bring him in just for the name. That's all I ask. Yeah. Don't bring somebody in just for the stinking name. No, exactly. And look, I mean, I don't think Wenger's, there's no, there's no way, there's not a snowball's chance that Wenger's coming to Fulham. But there is a chance that potentially the, we, what we have learned about the Cairns is they never learn. And, you know, it's just it, unpredictable. I and I, yeah, and I just wouldn't put it past them to make the same mistake in hiring a Ranieri or a Baguette to think, oh, let's just get this big name in and, like, you know, hopefully he can see us through in the championship. Who yeah, knows? Like, you know, maybe, maybe Tony has got, yeah. he's sitting there with a big old bet. He's looked at the, the bookies list and he says, Hey, uh, look at the odds on this one, man. I could make a fortune. I'm going to bring this guy in. 
That's right. And also just, you know, they might have also seen how Leeds have done they might have seen how Leeds have done business with Bielsa, you know, and just thought, oh, well, you know, let's, let's get a huge manager like that. And that nearly did the business for Leeds. Well, we still don't know because of the playoffs, but, uh, you know. Also, kind know, of, uh, when, I remember when we saw, we got Ranieri in and the talk yeah. was how, how well he knew the players and how much research he's done and how well prepared he was for the interview. And I remember the same thing being said about uh, Slav as well when he came in. So without that person there who really knows about football, there's always a risk that they're going to get bullshitted by someone who talks the talk, but doesn't. Oh, yeah. he can't back it up. So that, that's right. my main worry. Yep. I think the number one on the checklist is a forward-thinking, progressive young manager. Um, mm. At the moment, that could be Scott Parker. We just don't know. But I would take Scott Parker any day over someone like Ranieri, as, as Don mentioned, because of exactly. that reason well, that the Khans could get blinded by someone. Well, See, let's hope. Why, that why is, is the it? Case. Why doesn't Fulham bring in Matt Dom, and he could at least be that little angel on, on <laughs> Tony's shoulder, saying, "Listen to me. That's not a good idea. Don't listen to that devil. Don't listen to that devil." Well, Tony you know needs what? that somebody. He needs that little angel on his one shoulder. If you start that campaign, I'll I'll, I'll be right behind it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys i'm afraid we are out of time but thank you very much to my lovely co-host here mr matt Dolan and mr don love thank you very much for listening at home in the car or work or on the bus or on the train however you're listening to us and if you like what you've heard please tell your friends about us please subscribe and also we are on spotify and we are on itunes or the regular podcast app and we will be here next week to review the newcastle game see you soon Fulham.